Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. for a moment and let's just continue to right place God we've just sang some really powerful lyrics there that I just want to know where you are I just want to be where you are I just want to know where to start anybody else I just want to know where do I start but if I have your presence it's more than enough And if you take nothing else away from church this morning, I want you to know that if you have His presence, it's more than enough for whatever life finds you right now. So Father God, we come before you, Lord. We come, God, because we're in church today, God. We've tuned in online today, God, because we want to know where to start. We want to know how to begin again and get things right and put things in the order of you. God, we we want to know how we do our relationships. We want to know, God, how how we are to engage one to another. We want to know, God, how to have you at the center of everything that we do. So God, you find us here today. And if we have your presence, which I know that we do. Spirit of the living God, I thank you that you fill this place today and help us to lean in and understand so that your words can strengthen us, edify us, encourage us. God, I pray that you help me to articulate in a way that makes it easy for the listener. God, may they have an open heart to receive from heaven today. Amen. Amen. Take your seats, guys. Well, we are at the beginning of a brand new series. Um, Can I ask how many of you loved the series on prayer that we've just done? Like, has it strengthened your prayer life? Has it helped your prayer life? Has it encouraged you? There's three people on the front that are all saying yes. Thank you. You know when the band are up here, there's like 10 of them. And when you're not engaging in the singing, they have each other. But when I'm up here, I'm on my own. (laughs) So (laughs) I need the backing of you when I ask the question, did you enjoy the last series? You're going to love this series. We're entering into a brand new series called Family Matters. Now, I know that the Bible has a lot to teach us about family because the family was God's chosen order for humanity. God, who created you, decided that it would be best for your developmental and your learning skills that you would grow in family. But when sin entered the world, the order of everything got messed up. Not only did sin separate us from God, but it began 
to separate the family as well. And dysfunction and disorder entered into the family. From cover to cover in the Bible, we see this. We see brotherly rivalry between Cain and Abel. We see deceit and honesty between deceit and dishonesty between the siblings of Jacob and Esau. There's jealousy and there is envy between Leah and Rachel. And we're not even out of the book of Genesis. Like, so if you think your family's dysfunctional, I promise you, God has seen it all before. You read your Bible. Anyone in here thinks the Bible is boring? I am telling you, it is full of stories that would make your life feel so much better. There are stories in there that are just wrong on every level. There's adultery, there's incest, there's children covering the shame of their father, there's grandmothers killing their grandchildren, there's men selling their wives. It is all in the Bible. So during this series, don't think this doesn't apply to me because my family is the most dysfunctional and if only you knew about me, you would understand God doesn't want anything to do with me. And I'm here to tell you that this is, that you're wrong because all through the Bible, we see disappointment and chaos and hardship and loss all through the families. Now, I'm a mother of three grown sons and uh, I do not have perfect kids, by the way, just in case you thought. I don't have perfect kids and I could tell you some stories how I brought them into the world and there have been times I've come close to taking them out. (laughs) But I've learned some lessons along the way because I have raised them all in the house of God. And they are all still on their journey in the house of God, with God, and they are saved by grace, by God. And so I've learned some stuff along the way. And one of the lessons that I've learned is the reason that God calls his church a family is because I believe that it is up to the local church to demonstrate to the lost and broken world the order of family, how God intended it to be. In this place, we are to love unconditionally. We are to forgive quickly. We are to encourage and edify one another in and through the Word of God. The Bible is full of relational wisdom. Scriptures that talk about children honouring their parents. Scriptures that talk about fathers training their children in the ways of the Lord. It gives encouragement and wisdom for marriage, husbands and wives, how they can build a strong and healthy marriage. Now I know that not everyone in here today will have had a stable or even a happy upbringing And if that is your story, then I am sorry for that because that was not God's intended beginning for you. I know in this place today, we have broken families. We have blended families. We have mothers at odds with sons and daughters and dads not getting on. We have siblings that love one another and those that can't stand each other. We have you know, new parents and single parents and not yet parents and those that don't even know their parents, all in this room today. And though we cannot change the past and how it has been and what we have been through, we all have a future to step into. And I want to encourage you today because you can change the trajectory of how it's always been.
Because how it's been does not have to be how it's going to be. And so you can take on some new principles. You may not have had parents that could speak blessing over you or parents that even encouraged you. But I promise this, you can change it from this point on. And the reason that God has you in a family is because he wanted you in a spiritual family. So though you may have never had that spoken over your life, you can find friends and leaders and peers and people in this place who will speak blessing over your life, who will encourage you and will help you grow and develop in your faith. So as we take time out in the next couple of weeks to speak on this subject, family matters, don't switch off or disengage because you are like, but you, you, I don't want to know. I don't want to talk family because you don't know what it's been like for me. And you have like, if the people in the church knew about my family background, they wouldn't want to know me. And I've just already told you that there is nothing, nothing that God hasn't seen or experienced. And he has a message for you today. And the message is you are loved. You are accepted. He knows you. He's proud of you. He loves you so dearly. And his word is full of promises for you. Why? Because he's placed you in a spiritual family. And if you never knew your father, you need to know you have a heavenly father. And he cares immensely about you. And I don't think we can ever have a healthy relationship one with another until we first understand how our relationship works with God. I don't think we know how to speak and apply ourselves as parents to our children or as spouses to our husbands and wives if we first do not know the length and the depth that God will go to, to hide you, to protect you, to cover you and to care for you. John 1.12 says, all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So if you're sitting here going, well, I never knew my parents have nothing to do with them. Well, you have a parent in heaven and you are his child. The definition of the word mother is definitely multitasker of all traits. Now, you won't find that in the dictionary, but from my life experience, that is the most truest definition that I could come up with. And one of the jobs that we have as mothers is to hide things. It's what we do so brilliantly well. We're the best kind of hiders. And we hide things to keep the peace. And we hide things to get a job done. And we hide things to protect our kids. And so we hide the TV remote when we think the program is inappropriate. And we'll hide the PlayStation controller when the homework needs to be done. And we will hide um, food we don't want you to eat. We hide clothes we don't want you to wear. We are awesome at hiding things. But by far the greatest hide that we ever do as mothers is we hide our children. And that starts from conception when they are growing in secret in our bellies. Though nobody else may even know they're there, this protector defender instinct kicks in where you become so protective over the child that's growing in secret. But that hiding and protecting and defending instinct doesn't stop after birth. It carries on through the duration 
of their childhood. You are always trying to hide and protect your children from things that they're fearful of or you think may harm them. I mean, right throughout the animal kingdom, we see this principle, right? You don't want to get between a grizzly bear and hair cub. I promise you, she will tear you from limb to limb to protect that baby. And I don't think it's much different in the human kingdom, if I'm honest. You do not want to get between a mama and her child because she will take you down no matter how big you are. We have this protector, defender um, um, spirit about us. You know, you, as a mother, you hide your children from things that would hurt their feelings. You hide their eyes from things you don't want them to see. You hide their ears from things you don't want them to hear. You become the buffer between them and all the information that they will ever take in in their young life. It comes through you. You're the buffer and you are the filter. But one of the hardest things as a mum is realizing that as your children have grown in stature on the outside, so too have they grown on the inside and you can no longer hide them. Like you can't protect them anymore from what they may face. And it is hard for a mum because they stop coming to you for advice. They stop coming to you and asking questions. You can no longer tell them what time to go to bed. You can no longer tell them what they can and cannot wear because they have grown on the inside. And it's a difficult thing for your mother when she realizes that her days of hiding and protecting you are done. Listen, all you young mamas, you only have a small window of opportunity to sit that child on your knee, sniff the head, squeeze the butt cheeks, because there does come a day in an age when they go, stop it, mum, it's weird. <laughs> so, like, make the most of it while you can. But this is what I've learned. As a mother of three grown sons, though I cannot hide them anymore, though I cannot protect them anymore, I have this confidence that all that I am is now hidden in them. Everything that I used to hide them is now hidden within them. My years of influence and morals and values and faith, the way that I have raised them is now hidden within them. That's why the scripture tells us in Proverbs 22, direct your children in the ways they should go, for when they are older, they will not depart from it. Why will they not depart from it? Because everything you protect them and the values and the morals that you use as their filter when they are children and you hide them from, everything that you are is now hidden within them when they become older. So I want to start this new series by Family Matters, called Family Matters, by taking you to an incredible story in the Bible about one woman's fight to hide and protect her child. But in this story, what I want you to see most of all is the way the Father God hides and protects you, his own children. I want to take you to Exodus 2, and let me just give you a little bit of background of what's happening here. 
the Israelites are living in the land of Egypt. They went into Egypt peaceably under the rule of one Pharaoh, but many generations later, a cruel and wicked Pharaoh was on the throne. In fact, he was a very insecure Pharaoh. And he did not like the fact that the Israelites were living in the land of Egypt. So he made them all become slaves to Egypt. So they're not living there out of choice. They're not living there peaceably anymore. They are now slaves in the land of Egypt. And this Pharaoh was so insecure. His biggest fear was that one day a great leader might rise up within the nation of Israel and they may become an independent nation again. And he was so obsessed with this thought that he commanded that every infant boy under the age of two years old be killed amongst the Hebrew camps. Every male child under the age of two had to be killed because he did not want a great leader rising up. He allowed the girls to live, but the boys all had to be executed. In Exodus 2, verse 1, it says, A man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and had a son. She saw that there was something special about him, and she hid him for three months. This woman is the mother of Moses, and the baby is Moses, and she hid him from the Egyptian soldiers who came to find the babies and kill them. Now, when my children were growing up, our family home was over three floors high. We had attic rooms and cupboards and closets and wardrobes and spare rooms, and hide and seek was quite a thing in our house, and we'd often play hide and seek, and there was loads of places to hide. Where do you hide a baby? When you are a Hebrew slave and you live in a mud hut. This mud hut was probably one floor, one room. Like, where do you hide a baby? And yet she did. She managed to hide him from the Egyptian authorities who came by the village to, to kill, take and kill all the male babies and yet they couldn't see what was right under their nose. They couldn't see what everybody else knew. And that was, there's a baby hiding in this house. She managed to conceal him. I want you to understand today that God is a master hider when the enemy comes after your life that he will cover you when you need covering. He will be your protector when you need protecting. And he will be your defender and he will get between you and the adversary that's coming against you. He'll be your shield. He will get in the way and he will stop that devourer from taking you. Psalm 91 verse 3 and 4 says, he will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy and will protect you from false accusation and deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under the covering of his majesty and you can hide. Isaiah 49 says, in the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me. There are little um, 
phrases and verses throughout Scripture that talks about God hiding his children. Where do you think a mother gets her hider, protector instinct from? She gets it from the DNA of her father who says, this is how I am with my children and as I am with my children, so you are with your children. He's masterful at hiding those who he calls his own. He will hide your eyes from things he does not want you to see. He'll hide your ears from hearing things that are harmful to you. 1 Peter 5.8 says that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking those he may devour. I want to remind every one of us in this room today that this is not the time for complacency. This is not the time to play Christianity. There is a devourer out there who wants to sabotage your life and throw you completely off track. And the Father knows this. He wants to devour the truth from you and replace it with lies. He wants to devour your clarity and bring confusion into your mind. He wants to devour your faith and bring compromise in. Eh, Does it really matter if I live like this through the week and attend church on a Sunday? That is the devourer at work in your life. But you have a devoted parent in God who says, I'm going to step into the gap. If you will let me, I'm going to come between you and the devourer. I'm going to step into this space. I'm going to cover you, protect you, shield you, and hide you. And I want to show you four ways that God hides his children. The first way is called hiding in prayer. When you pray... You literally bring a covering of God over your life, which allows you to be hidden from the enemy. Why do you think the lions didn't eat Daniel in the den? Come see him. Why do you think the Egyptians couldn't find the baby in the house? Because they couldn't see what was right under their nose. God hides his own. Your heavenly father covers you, protects you, and it's your prayers that activate that covering on your life. Prayer literally shields you from the enemy's activities. Oh, you may be aware of what is going on around you, but let me tell you, some of you are complaining about what you're going through, but you don't understand how lightly you went through what you went through because God actually protected you from it being any worse, but you haven't taken a minute to stop and give thanks for what I've actually come through. You're still complaining that you had to go through what you went through. And God says, I need you to see that I was always in the equation. I was always there from start to finish. I've made it possible for you to have a place to run and hide in times of uncertainty, like a toddler that runs and hides behind his parents' legs when he's feeling fearful or afraid. God said in Psalm 31, I will hide you in, I will hide you in the shelter of my presence and make safe for you those who conspire, from those who conspire against Against you. He shelters you in his presence from accusing tongues. Can hello? Anybody ever said anything not nice about you? Anybody ever hurt your feelings? Anybody ever, you know, 
had something put out there about them that ain't true. And you're like, that's really annoyed. Do you want to go around and talk about it and moan about it? Or are you just able to go, hid in my father's presence. He shelters me from the accusing tongue. So actually, you can throw whatever you like at me because it ain't going to stick. Because there's a force field around me. It's called the presence of God. Amen. And so God shields his own. There's nothing more frustrating for a parent than to watch your child struggle with something and they won't accept your help. You know? And I wonder, sometimes does God feel that frustration when we don't run to him in prayer first? Continuing with our story in Exodus 2 verse 3, it says that when she being Moses' mother could not hide this baby any longer, she got a little basket, she made it out of papyrus and she coated it with tar and pitch and she placed her child in it and then she set it afloat in the reeds along the edge of the Nile. Now I grew up in Sunday school and I was told this story and I would be shown pictures of this blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby giggling bobbing along this bright blue river with these nice green bulrushes. It was nothing like that. Let me tell you, right, the Nile River is dirty, swampy waters that are infested with crocodiles and snakes. And as this mother would have had to put her baby down on this water, she thought, this is the best opportunity I can give him. For if I keep him, he will surely die. But if I put him on the river, just maybe, just maybe he will survive. And as she placed this little basket with her baby in on the smelly, infested River Nile, she will have just said, over to you now, God. This is all on you now, God. I am no longer able to defend him. I am no longer able to protect him. But God, I know that you can see what I cannot see and you can be where I cannot be and you can do all that I cannot do. So God, I'm putting my trust in you. Let me just speak to you young parents again for a moment. Through every age and stage of your child's life, you feel like you have to do a little bit more letting go. And it's scary. First time at school, first time at college, first time to the friend's house. And you feel that with every bit of letting go you do, the world gets hold a little bit more. And it's difficult. And you can feel like you're sending them out to croc-infested waters sometimes because now you can no longer be their defender, protector in that place. Now they're going to be subject to the opinions of others and others' cultures and others' expressions of faith and other people's morals. But I want to remind you that before Moses' mother placed that basket with in that, in that place she didn't want to place him in. Before she placed him on that river, she first placed him in the hands of God. And then she let go. And she let go and she trusted in the hands of God. And that was a game changer. This is called hiding in his protection. That basket floated through stuff that should have killed that baby. 
That basket sailed past predators that for some reason didn't devour the food that was actually sailing past them in front of their nose. They didn't harm him for they could not see him. And as you go through life, you're going to find yourself at times in situations you did not choose to be in. You'll come across opposition in people. There will be critics who throw things at you. There will be people that tell lies about you. There will be those that are just not for you. And at times you feel like they actually want to take a bite out of you. That is life. And you're going to go through it in your family. Your marriage will go through stuff. Your kids will go through stuff. Your health will be threatened. Your finances will be challenged, but you'll keep on going. Because just when you thought you wouldn't survive, you're going to look back and see God kept me alive. And I didn't end up going through what I thought I went through as bad as it could have been. Psalm 91 verse 9 says, when we live all our lives within the shadow of the Most High God, you must understand, don't dip in and out of God's protection. Please don't pray for his protection only when you've got a problem. Live in that place dwell in that place every day thank him for his grace over your life it says hidden in the shelter of the most high God it says where am I (laughs) it says when we live all of our lives within the shadow of the most high God our secret hiding place we will always be shielded from harm. He'll protect you. Even when you think he's abandoned you, you will look back and you will see, I didn't lose my mind when they said I would. I didn't give up when they thought I should. I didn't fall apart like I normally would. Actually, I can see the hand of God has been on me. And like a great parent, he's shielded and protected from the adversity that went around me. You think because you're a Christian, you you shouldn't go through anything. But I'm here to tell you that baby had to sail through croc and snake infested waters. You are going to have to go through some things in life. I wonder if this scripture is the inspiration for David writing Psalm 91 and saying, you know, that you will trample and crush lions and snakes under your feet. Everywhere that you go, God wants you to know that you are protected, hidden from the adversary. So Moses is in a basket and he has a 12-year-old sister and she sees her mama put the baby in the basket and she follows it down the river and she's peeping and she's watching the whole thing where the basket's going to go. And it just so happened that the Pharaoh, remember the evil Pharaoh, his daughter has come down to the River Nile to bathe and she's with her entourage of maids and the basket floats right out in front of her. And this is what it says. She saw a basket floating in the reeds and she sent one of her maids to open it. When they opened it and saw a child, the baby crying, her heart went out to him. That can only be God, right? She said, this must be one of the Hebrew babies. She understood immediately, this little boy should have died, but someone's put him in a basket and sent him down the river, okay? She decides she wants to keep the baby. So this little girl, Miriam, who's Moses' sister, she goes up to the princess and she says to her, "Um, would you like me to go and get one of the Hebrew mothers from the Hebrew camp? 
to nurse him for you because she knew, and the princess would have known, the Hebrew women were full of milk because they'd all had their babies taken from them. So she said, I could go and find you someone in the Hebrew camp and, and, and they, could, they could feed the baby for you. And so this is what Pharaoh's daughter said. Pharaoh's daughter agreed. And the girl went and got the baby's real mother. And Pharaoh's daughter told her, take this baby and nurse him till he's weaned and I will pay you. Because God always makes the enemy pay back for what he's done in your life and for what he's trying to take from you. God will always make him pay for you. Now Moses' mother is getting paid to nurse the very baby she gave birth to. Now, it is a known fact that children learn their social, emotional, behavioural, um, what else did they learn? Social, emotional, behavioural, communicating skills within the first couple of years of their life. Actually, they say within the first four years of a child's life, its brain develops more, it takes on more information than at any other time in its life. Do you know weaning in that culture was for four years? So Moses' mother had that boy for four years to nurse him and to wean him. Listen, four years of speaking faith over him. Four years of singing God's praises over him. Four years of teaching him from Scripture. Four years of telling him about God. Please don't think you've just got this child and only when it starts speaking will I start telling him about right living and the ways of God. That child's brain is like a sponge. It's taking in everything right now. Four years she had him. The only way that Moses was able to deliver the nation of Israel when he got older was because of the foundation that his mother had given him when he was younger. God allowed the very thing that the mother let go of to be given back to her with interest so she could put purpose in his life. Listen to me, parents. You have not got a child. You have not got a baby because you prayed for a baby. You have not got a child in your arms because God was showing you some favour or doing something for you. You were given that child so that you can give the child purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. And I'm telling you now, if you are a follower of God, then you need to be speaking life into that child and teaching him and her the ways of God now so that they will walk into the purpose of God. There's only one reason my three kids are still in church today. That is because now they're adults, they understand their purpose they understand they've got something to build in their life, but they need the anchor of God to be able to do it. This is called hiding in his provision. God hides you in his provision. God is, a faith, God is faithful at multiplication. Therefore, when you are willing to let go of what is most valuable to you, God will always make sure it comes back to you with interest. If you can show God that you can be a faithful friend to one, he'll give you four friends back in your life. If you can trust and honour God with your finances, he will do unimaginable things in your life. 
If you can trust God with your kids, He'll bless your family for generations to come. But you have to give Him something to work with first. Don't be praying over your finances if you cannot honour God with them first. Don't be praying over your kids when a crisis hits if you're not entrusting them to God every day. This is important. That woman had to let go of her basket first before it came back to her with interest. Exodus 2.10 says, after the child was weaned, she presented him back to Pharaoh's daughter. So she took him back to the princess and the princess adopted him as her own. That must have been a hard day, right, for that mother. But this is just, I think my God is just the best, hilarious, most brilliant God. Because the Pharaoh, who is hunting everywhere to kill all the baby boys, couldn't find this one boy right under his nose, couldn't find him hiding in the house. He has no idea that that baby is now a boy and living in his house. He's got no clue. In fact, what's really happened is his real mama has nursed him. You couldn't find him, Pharaoh. And his real mama is nursing him. Your daughter is doting on him. Your people are educating him. Your palace is providing for him. You're paying for him. And he's hiding right under your nose. Because God is so clever at hiding. When there is purpose attached to your life, no enemy can thwart that purpose or take it from you. What the enemy meant for evil, God said, I will use for my glory because I'm the defender and protector and I will get in the way between you and the adversity that is coming against you. The reason Pharaoh was having all the baby boys killed because he was so insecure that a great leader would rise up in the nation and make them an independent nation again. And it's just hilarious to me because now he's assisting God's timing for releasing his people because the God just doesn't make the enemy pay back. He'll make him work for you. He'll make him work in a way that his plan backfires and starts edifying and blessing your life. The final thing as we wind this up is he hides you in his purpose. When there's purpose attached to your life, you have to know that some of the stuff you go through in life, it's not just about you going through something, you having a bad day, you having a bad knee or a headache or a rook in your marriage. It's, it's more than just about you. It's about the purpose that's attached to you. You've got to be aware that the enemy does not want you to flourish, succeed, doesn't want you to have raise godly children, doesn't want you to have a strong and healthy marriage, wants you to be a statistic, wants your kids to grow up and hate you, wants you two to end up divorced, wants multiple affairs. That's what the enemy wants for your life. But when God hides you in purpose, so Moses is raised as an Egyptian, you know, walks like an Egyptian, talks like an Egyptian, not going to sing the song. But you know the whole like, he looked Egyptian, he spoke Egyptian, he had an Egyptian accent because that's how he was raised from a boy to a man. But on the inside, he's 100% Hebrew. He's a follower of God. Why? 
because of the foundation his mama had put in him. That's why when he grew and it came to choosing between the two nations, oh, the decision was already made because he knew who he was. Raise your children with stability. May they know who they are. There will be carnage as you raise them. You'll go through all sorts of things, but just keep going and just keep tending them to God. His foundation of morals, belief, faith came from his mother and they were hidden in him for the few precious years that she had hold of him. The answer to which nation was already within him. And as we close today, I just want to remind you that in this year, 2024, God has put some stuff on the earth. He's put his wisdom, his power. He knows the carnage that our world is in, our city is in. He knows the schools we're sending our children in and the choices in life they're going to have to make. He knows what it's like in the workplace. He knows how spiteful and nasty people can be around you. He understands where you're doing life. And he says, I actually, I've... Um, I've already put some things in place on the earth. I've put wisdom. I've put authority. I've put my word. I've put hope. I've put wealth. And I've hid them in a place where no one would ever think to look. I've hidden them in you. I've hidden them in you. You have the words of eternal life hidden in you. You have hope to a hopeless generation hidden in you. You have wisdom to speak when that friend is going through that crisis. It's hidden in you. You have words of salvation hidden in you. God is so clever. He hides his best treasure in his children. Church, let's stand in this place. No one is excluded. No one is rejected. No one is forgotten. No one's too far gone. No one's too flawed. No one's too scarred, too damaged. No one will ever be ignored, not by the Father. And I want to pray that you are mindful of his presence this week, that you choose to step into his covering daily. I pray, I read Psalm 91 every single morning I get up, every single morning. I think maybe I've experienced too much of life to realize that I could never do life without his covering. And I want to encourage you, maybe do the same. We've just heard a whole four weeks on prayer and the pattern of prayer and how it can edify strength in your life. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, Father God, I thank you for who you are in our world. And that actually, God, the greatest blessing that you are is in the form that we cannot see. Lord God, it's like no child will ever know the battle scars the parent wears from what they've stood in and protected them from. And God, we will never know the times that you've shielded us and fought for us and defended us and covered us.
but I'm so thankful, God, that we all get to live another day and we get to walk into our tomorrow. So I pray, God, as we understand how you are with us and the treasures you've hidden with us, within us, that, God, that we would choose to conduct ourselves with one another in such a way, Lord God, where we choose to edify, encourage, build up, be kind, speak out, be generous and be honouring. And in doing so, we bring glory to your name. I just want to say one final prayer before I finish, and that is, if you have never made that connection between you and God before, if you have never known that God wants to be that Father over your life that overshadows and oversees you, then I want you to have that today. It's one prayer away. It's the prayer of salvation where you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Master And I promise you, from this day on, you will always have a place to run, shelter, and hide. So if that is you, please repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, today I run to you. And I ask you to come into your, to my life. And I ask you to be the Lord and Savior and Father of my life. Forgive me, God, for just trying to do life on my own. I want to do it under the covering of your arms. I want to know that you are with me daily. So I'm asking you to come into my heart and stay. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.